ยีบัวครอสพอยท์เมียนแบปทิสต์จูปังอะเฮนยีจิบเมียนมัวแต่ปัวจางทินหุงบัวจีกอนเบนบัวยีซินบัวยีเฮวบัวยีลิงวนแ
เจ้าเมียมทางจีนเจ้าเต็มหูเมื่อกูนี่เบื่อความเกินความเมียนนี่เบื่อมังเปิดเจ้าเปล่าเจ้าหมากปวดนี่เบื่อลานลานเมียน
And I want us to answer the question, how do I become a good servant of Christ? And I want us to be able to experience God's power in our life. Why don't we open with prayer as we get into God's word and let's encourage us as we do that. God, you are awesome. What an amazing love you have given to us this morning. Forgive us for our lack of amazement, Lord, right now. We want to consider your great love for us. And I want to say thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Use this message to speak to our hearts this morning. And to desire change in our lives. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. We are living in curious times. The integrity of our lives and the content of our message has of late come under serious scrutiny. Look all around us. Gay marriages are becoming legal. Prayer is banned from the public schools. The Ten Commandments are being thrown out of the courts. The days are gone in which the phony can survive. We need to start living our lives in a way that people see Christ through our lifestyles. I read an article recently in World Magazine called Keeping It Real. In this article, it was discussing the difference between the boomers and the Gen Xers. And what it is that is attracting the different generations to our churches today. In this article, it mentioned that most young people are being attracted to certain churches. Because they long to learn from a person who is honest about his struggles. And a person who is passionately longs to have be spiritually transformed. Not a fake person who wears a fake smile and pretends at a fake relationship with his wife. People today are desperately searching for that genuine Christian. We must be that genuine Christian. We must be the one that is willing to stay strong in the faith to the one that we know to be true. We must quit putting up a fake front that makes people think that we are the perfect Christian. Yet we struggle with sin. Yet we struggle with sin. 
Stand strong in the foundation of Jesus Christ when the heat is on. It's never easy. But when we stay grounded in what we know to be our duty as a worthy servant of Jesus Christ, we will see genuine Christianity brought about. Which in turn brings changed lives. And we have a number of contractors and a few electricians in our church that would understand the purpose of a ground wire. For most of us lay people, such as myself, we just think it's an extra wire that gets in the way of things when trying to uh, install things. We think it has no actual purpose in its real existence. In studying for this message, I learned that the term ground in the electrical world it refers to a connection to the earth. A ground wire provides a conducting path to the earth which is independent of the normal current carrying path in an electrical appliance. So in essence, in layman's terms, to be grounded is to have protection. A ground wire serves as the main protection against a hazardous electrical shock. The protection of a ground wire acts the same way in the electrical world as does protection we receive when we are following the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. In this illustration, we all are individual appliances that have electricity of everyday life running through them. In each of our lives, serving as different appliances, we get sent struggles or temptations that cause us to have to use the ground for protection. The ground wire, which is Christ, helps supply a path for the struggles and temptations to follow. So it can't cause serious damage. In 1 Corinthians 10.13 it says, No temptation has seized you. Except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. In order for the ground wire to work for us in this real world, we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
One day we will all stand before God. And he will do an audit of our lives. A final exam as we enter into eternity. The Bible says in Romans 14, 10, 12. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So then each of us will give an account to himself to God. Fortunately, God wants us to pass the test. So what he has done is he has given us the questions in advance. From the Bible, we can surmise that God will ask us two crucial questions. The first question is, is what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? God won't ask you about your religious background or your doctrinal views. The only thing that will matter is, is did you accept what Jesus did for you? And did you learn to love and trust him? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The second question that uh, we will be asked is what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your life? All the gifts and the talents and the opportunities. The energy and relationships and the resources that God gave you. Did you spend them on yourself or did you use them for God's purposes? Let me ask you this question. Do you know Christ? Are you protected from the hazardous shocks, from the struggles and temptations? Is Christ acting as your spiritual ground? If you can't answer that question, then for sure you need to evaluate your life and make a change. If you can't answer that question, then listen up. Because you need to be working at growing in your relationship with Christ. You can't just stop here. In order for you to stay grounded, you need to keep growing in your relationship with Christ. This morning we're going to discuss our spiritual ground. Our relationship with God and its power to change lives to produce real Christians, not fake actors. There are three ways for us to get grounded in our lives. First is to know God. We need to practice the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. Second is to please God. We need to understand our purpose and how we can be used by God. 
And third is to serve God. We're to, do, to develop a servant attitude or a heart in order to stay grounded in our Christ relationship. I first want to look at how do I stay grounded? By knowing God and practicing the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. Paul gave Timothy some great advice about being a good servant of Jesus Christ. He said, discipline yourself in the scriptures in 1 Timothy 4.7. Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. One of the examples that he used was that of exercise. And we all know that exercise can be at times very painful and never ending. But when we spend time and energy in training ourselves for fitness, it promises to help make us a healthy person. So let's, let's figure out how we can make this as practical as we can. So how do we get grounded? By knowing God. How do we know God? By practicing the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. So what are the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life? The spiritual disciplines are the God-given means we are to use to help us grow and mature to become like Christ. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul is giving Timothy some great pointers on how to get grounded. He's saying that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful. God's word can be used for things. But in order for it to be used, we first need to hear it. And there's no better way than to get grounded than the intake of God's word. Nothing can substitute for it. There simply is no healthy Christian life apart from the diet of the milk and the meat of scriptures. The reasons are obvious. In the Bible, God tells us about himself and especially about Jesus Christ. None of this essential information can be found anywhere else except for in the Bible. Therefore, if we were to know God and be godly, we must know the Word of God intimately. And the easiest of the disciplines is simply hearing God's Word. So why do we consider this a discipline? Because if we don't discipline ourselves to hear God's word regularly, we may only hear it accidentally, just when we feel like it, or we may never hear it at all. For most of us, disciplining ourselves to hear God's word means to develop the practice of attending a church regularly where God's word is faithfully preached. Jesus said in Luke 11.28, 
Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Merely listening to God's word is not the point here. The purpose of all methods of Bible intake is obedience to what God says. And the development of Christ likeness. In 1 Timothy 4:13, the Apostle Paul instructs his young friend in the ministry. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Though a lot more could be given here, it is enough to say that it was an important ministry of Paul. And it's important to the Lord for God's people to hear God's word preached. So, because of this, it should become a discipline and a priority for us to hear God's word. A second discipline would be that of reading God's word. Have you ever met a squatter? If you've ever lived in Seattle or any other urban area, you're familiar with them. A squatter is a person who occupies an abandoned building that they don't own or rent. They live here and they refuse to leave. They hunker down even though the promise of something better could improve their life and situation. They choose to stay right where they are at. Content that they no longer live on the street. They don't look for anything more in life. Now, whether you have been in ministry for three weeks or 30 years, whether you have a PhD degree from the, or a degree from the School of Hard Knocks, whether you're up to date on all the latest computer software or are still using Windows XP, you and I are never too far along to learn. As Rick Warren wrote in The Purpose Driven Life, the moment you stop learning is the moment you stop leading. A survey taken by the Barna Research Group among those claiming to be born-again Christians it disclosed these disheartening numbers. Only 18% Less than two of every ten read the Bible every day. In 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul tells us in God's word that it is useful for teaching. We need to constantly nourish ourselves on the Word of God. One of the works of a good servant of Christ is that he is a faithful conduit to other Christians. The 
The meaning of a conduit is that which passes through. A person through whom information is transmitted. Paul was telling Timothy that he needed to keep recharging himself. So that the information that he was passing on to others was fresh. To attempt to help a person spiritually while at the same time neglecting one's own spiritual life is a great sham. Anyone who fails to take nourishment daily from the word of God is hurting himself and his ministry. It is much too easy and tragically too common to become so busy doing ministry that we forfeit the greatest privilege of most essential priority of all. And that is our personal walk with God and getting into His Word. Now there are another a number of other spiritual disciplines that we should follow just besides Bible intake of reading his word and hearing his word. Other ways include prayer and worship. Evangelism and service. Stewardship and fasting. Solitude and silence. Journaling and learning. This by no means is an exhaustive list of the disciplines of the Christian life. Whatever the discipline, its most important feature is its purpose. There's little value in practicing the spiritual disciplines apart from the single purpose that unites them. And that purpose is godliness, which we can find in 1 Timothy 4.7. We need to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. And we just finished talking about how we can achieve this purpose, but do we truly understand our own purpose? When it comes to the discipline in the Christian life, many believers feel that discipline without direction is like doing a strenuous activity that involves difficulty and effort, but usually affords no pleasure. So this leads me to my second point, is why do we need to be grounded? We need to please God by understanding our purpose. Greyhound racing, a popular betting sport in some parts of the country, 
na keng ma mai ho mian mian na oi mi mang ko chu to ni ka chu thiu to hen ta ni chu thiu kheng ko it attracts crowds who enjoy watching incredibly sleek and beautiful dogs run as fast as they can around a track. Unlike racehorses, greyhounds run without the assistance of a jockey. To keep the dogs running in the right direction, they're trained to chase this mechanical rabbit. The mechanical rabbit is made of fur as it zips along the track in front of them. A man in the press box pushes the button and controls the speed of the rabbit, keeping the rabbit just out in front of the dogs. The dogs never catch the rabbit. Now, at a Florida track some years back, a big race was about to begin. The dogs crouched in their cages and they were ready to go. While betting spectators finished placing their wages, at the proper moment, the gun went off. The man in the press box pushed his lever, starting the rabbit down the first stretch. While the cage doors flew open, releasing the dogs to take after that little rabbit. As the rabbit made its first turn, however, an electrical short in the system caused the rabbit to come to a complete stop. To explode. And to go up in flames. Poof. All that was left was a bit of a black stuff hanging on the end of a wire. With their rabbit gone, the bewildered dogs didn't know how to act. According to news reports, several dogs simply stopped running and laid down on the track. With just their tongues hanging out. Two dogs, still frenzied with the chase, ran into a wall and breaking several ribs. Another dog began to chase his tail. While the rest howled at the people in the stands. You know what? Not one dog finished the race. Like racing greyhounds, people pursue their own chosen rabbit. Humans need some reason for living, for running the race. What is your goal? What is your purpose in life? What is your hope? What if it were taken away? Sadly, many people chase an illusion, a mechanical rabbit of sorts. Which ultimately turns out to offer no hope at all. Paul the Apostle wrote out in Philippians 1.21, 
that kept him motivated to run the race. He said this, for me to live is Christ. Jesus is the only one who can give us lasting purpose, meaning, and hope. Paul later wrote in Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. To know Christ is the only lasting eternal goal. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment. Or even your own happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must first begin with God. You were born by His purpose and for His purpose. You know, the search for a purpose in life has puzzled people for thousands of years. That is because we typically begin with our wrong starting point, ourselves. We ask self-centered questions like, what do I want to be? What should I do with my life? What are my goals? My ambitions and my dreams for my future. But by focusing ourselves, we'll never realize what the life's real purpose is. The Bible says in Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's only in God that we discover our origin and our identity and our meaning. Every other path leads to a dead end. Many people try to use God for their own self-actualization. You were made for God, not vice versa. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.17 So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Are you equipped to fulfill your God-given purpose? Are you heading in the right direction or do you have something else that you are trying to live for? The only way that you're going to stay grounded is if you please God by understanding your purpose. Our third and final point today is what do you do once you are grounded? We need to serve God by developing a servant attitude. In order to stay grounded in our relationship with Christ, 
We are to develop a servant attitude of Christ which calls for humility and obedience. Jesus, the Son of Man, described his own role in service like this in Matthew 20, 27 through 28. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. My understanding of a servant of God is more like a potter and a clay. God described his relationship to Israel as being like a potter and a clay in Jeremiah 18, 1-6. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at a wheel. But the pot he was shaping from clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot. Shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. To be useful, the clay has to be moldable. Once made into a vessel, it has, been, has to be remained in the hand of the potter to be used. A clay that is not moldable is not useful. So then, a clay that has to be responsive to the potter has to remain in the potter's hands. When the potter has finished making the vessel of his choosing, that vessel has no ability to do anything whatsoever without him. That is very different from the way a servant works for a human master. When you come to God as his servant, he first wants to allow you to allow him to mold and shape you into an instrument of his choosing. He wants to take your life and put it where he wills. And work it for his own purposes and for his glory. As you obey, he does his work through you. A servant of God has two things to do. To be moldable and to remain available. With God working through his servant, without him you can do nothing. Wow, can you imagine that unlimited power? Servanthood does require obedience. And he must remember who is accomplishing the work. In a seminary missions class, Hubert Jackson told how as a new missionary, he was assigned a car that would not start without a push. And 
After pondering his problem, he devised a plan. He went to the school near his home and got permission to take some children out of the class. He had them push his car off. As he would make his rounds, he would either park on a hill or leave his engine running. He used this ingenious procedure for two years. Ill health forced the Jackson family to leave and a new missionary came to that station. When Jackson proudly began to explain his argument for getting his car started, a new man began looking under the hood. Before the explanation was completed, the new missionary interrupted by saying, Why, Dr. Jackson? I believe the only trouble is this loose cable. He gave the cable a quick twist, twist and stepped into the car. He pushed the switch, and to Jackson's astonishment, the engine roared to life. For two years, needless trouble had become a routine. The power was there all the time. Only a loose connection kept Jackson from putting the power to work. Where is your source of power coming from? Are you grounded in God's word? Have you thought about these questions before? How do I stay grounded? Why do I need to be grounded? What do I do once I am grounded? Jesus Christ is our ground wire. He is the one who helps supply a path for our struggles that we face. I have just finished how, ex- talking about how we can experience God's power in our lives, and I want us to take this to the next level. You may or may not know that we record each of our messages that are preached. Have you ever thought about re-listening to the messages during the week? I encourage you to go online to our website or pick up a tape or a CD. I have found that if I listen to it again during the week, there are a number of things that I miss the first time around. We need to try to increase our hearing of God's word. How about reading it every day? Have you been reading your word every day? I know some of you have been doing this, and I'm very proud of you. But like the missionary above, don't get stuck in a routine that gets you relaxed and vulnerable. Each of us needs to set goals, earnestly attempting to read the Bible so we can improve in our life. The 
The Bible is very alive and very active. If you have already made it a habit, then you need to take it a step further of digging deeper into the passages that you are reading. Finally, what you can do to improve your take or be grounded in God's word is by joining a Sunday school class. In a small group, you have accountability, and with accountability comes encouragement. Proverbs 27.17 says this, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. God uses others to keep us grounded. So this brings me back to our beginning. We are living in curious times. The integrity of our lives and the content of our message has of late come under serious scrutiny. Look all around us. Gay marriages are becoming legal. Prayer is banned from the public schools. And the Ten Commandments are being thrown out of the courts. The days are gone in which the phony can survive. We need to start living our lives in a way that people see Christ through our lifestyle. I want to close with this passage of scripture found in 1 Timothy 4, 15 and 16. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right and God will save you and those who hear you. Get grounded. Let's pray together. Christ Jesus, we could not be here in your presence on our own. Every blessing that we have and every privilege we have is ours because of what you've done for us. So it's our joy today to honor you and to thank you. The cry of our hearts is to follow you. We don't want to turn back and we don't want to lose focus. We are weak and we need your strength to stay focused on the goal. We will follow your lead. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for bringing God's Word to us and helping us to see the practical disciplines that we can do to encourage our spiritual walk.
แหลงจิงตินฮุงปุนบัวตุจังจองเจียนป่าวจุงเชิงนินอย่าตุ้มวางนินยิปโอย่าวซิงจุนเจียวนิคู่เฟียนเจียวเก่งปุยตุบุเ